Hi, everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats. Before you enjoy this episode, I just wanted to make you aware that there is a little bit of background noise that you may encounter about halfway through the episode. My guest, Shannon, is a mom, and I am still an amateur editor, but I am confident that you will be able to still hear the amazing things that Shannon has to share with us, and I really hope that you will enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but I recently chatted with her co-host, Marcia, earlier this season. She is a full-time pastoral minister, a mom, the co-host of the podcast Plaid Skirts and Basic Black, and co-author of the book Fat Luther Slim Pickens, it's Shannon Schmidt. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much, Julia. I'm so excited to be here. As we say on our podcast, I'm super excited. <laughs> super excited. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and maybe even a little bit more about your podcast? Absolutely. So I, as you said, I'm a full-time pastoral minister. I grew up outside of Chicago. Um, I am a biracial woman, so my dad is black. My mom is Irish and German. Um, And I currently live outside of Indianapolis with my husband and four kids. Um, And, you know, I like to say, like, I'm raising kids in my free time, but (laughs) in reality, uh, everything else I do is around family life. And so I also love to play sports. Uh, We're a big sports family. Uh, I love to cook, read all the books all the time, uh, Mm -hmm. travel. I'm actually leaving on a trip tomorrow. I'm so excited. And and, um, I'm very adventurous. So like I love to, I live in Indiana. I love to just explore Indiana. And you would think like that's kind of boring what's there, (laughs) corn. But we've got interesting things. Um, And what we don't have, we make up for with like let's eat delicious food food. So we've got like food and planes and an occasional like semi-hike in some hills. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say some hills. I'm from Ohio originally, so I and I live in Virginia now. So Mm -hmm. I I drive from Virginia to visit my family in Ohio and it gets super flat, like right when you cross from Pennsylvania into Ohio and then it just keeps getting flatter into Indiana. So I'm I'm sure your hikes are... (laughs) A little bit different than what we yeah. experienced yeah, in Virginia. Not, but <laughs> not compared to the East Coast where you could, you know, get to the Appalachians and all that. So uh, and just to share a little bit about our podcast, our podcast is a black Catholic podcast. So Marcia, obviously, who you've met is also black as well as me. And so we talk about faith, culture and pop culture all through a black Catholic lens. Um, and it really was a way for us to try to bring uh Black voices to the Catholic mm-hmm. media spaces. Um, there mm-hmm. really aren't a ton. And so that's been mm-hmm. a real gift and blessing, uh, especially in the past two years. Uh, we can see how like that has been a necessary thing. So and we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, absolutely. And um, it's, it's awesome that you have the opportunity to share this book as well. So at the end of the podcast, I definitely want to tell us about where to find the book and how to find the book, because I think that's so important, because you're right, our Catholic media is just like lacking 
as a whole and then definitely forget like other voices that are not the norm like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's totally lost and forgotten. So I'm so glad that you all have that opportunity and I can't wait to to hear more about it. Um, we're going to get into the Bible verse and thank you for sharing so much. You you do so much. I would love actually before we do the Bible verse, can you share a little bit about your background as a pastoral minister? Sure. So I work full time at a parish here around Indy. Um, I mostly work in adult faith formation, adult education, um, especially with our RCIA process. So getting people mm-hmm. initiated into the church, which is like my favorite thing to do in church. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a youth minister for about 15 years or so, 10, 15 years. Um, and so that's also one of my loves is youth ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. I also have a master's degree, uh, but in pastoral ministry so from Catholic Theological Union in Chicago, which I love. It's a wonderful, small little grad school um, committed not only to obviously theological education, but also to educating seminarians and lay people side by side, as well as diversity Mm -hmm. too. Um, It's probably one of the most diverse schools I've ever been to because I am a Catholic school all the way through grad. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. um, like, I I remember sending my kids off to public school for the first time, you know, and I was like, what do they do there? I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just normal (laughs) school. Just like you don't have religion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I was so confused. So, um, so yeah, it's it's real joy to be with the people of God in a parish. I think it's helped keep me grounded in many ways, uh, and just to mm-hmm. to really know and love people in their lives wherever they are. Um, trying to come to the church and build a relationship with God, and it's not always perfect. You know, it doesn't always match what we would want for people as, mm-hmm. as church, mm-hmm. but it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see how God works in people's lives day to day and to be mm-hmm. privileged enough to hear those stories um, and to, to walk with people in a way that, that most don't get to. So it's a real mm-hmm. blessing. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. And Again, so important to have, I feel like, a female woman pastoral minister there to have that presence is is so powerful and important. And I also help out with RCA at my parish. Yay. And you're mentioning like really walking with people in their journeys. And it's, it is so humbling. I'm a born and raised Catholic to Catholic school my whole life as well. And it's always so like just it's amazing. You know, I kind of get in my routines and everything like that and my ups and downs. But to have these adults come in and say like, no, I want you know, it gives new life. It just breathes a new mm-hmm. life and a breath of fresh air to me and my faith. And we get to walk with them. Like you said, it's it's a privilege. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you for all that you do. Um, we're going to talk about this verse that you've picked for us. You've picked Matthew chapter five. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount and it's verses mm-hmm. 17 through 20. So I'm going to have you read that for us. Great. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass away from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
Okay, so I'm just going to give a little kind of like where we're at in the Sermon on the Mount, and then feel free after I do my little um, context, you can also add in what you know maybe about the context or, or um, you know, what else you would like to share. Yeah. So this chapter five, six, seven, and I think up to eight are like the Sermon on the Mount. And it starts with the Beatitudes. And then last uh, first season, actually, I had a guest pick the part right before this, which is the salt and the light and Jesus comparing us to the salt and the light of the earth. Um, and then we get this part about the law. And it's interesting to me the position of this because the Beatitudes are sometimes compared to the Ten Commandments. And Jesus definitely in this part of the Sermon on the Mount is talking about the Mosaic law of the Old Testament and then kind of altering it or adding to it. Like right after this, we get the questions about divorce and how Moses said one thing about divorce, but like Jesus is saying something else about it. And, you know, he says things like, you've heard it say an eye for an eye later in this um, chapter, but Jesus is like saying, I say, turn the other cheek. So he's kind of like building upon and then in some ways changing like what the the Old Testament laws, um, what people have known, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're at and like what's going on in this particular part of chapter five of Matthew. But I don't know. Why did you pick this passage? That's usually my first question for my guests. It's a great question. Um, so <laughs> I think there's a, I should know the answer since I picked it. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I've done a ton of interfaith ministry and especially I worked with a Jewish community for a while. Um, so I was at a boarding school as a youth minister and I was kind of like their staff liaison. And so this is something that always strikes me because when we're, especially in interfaith relations with Judaism, like sort of the burdens on us as Christians to show that we take them seriously and we're not mm-hmm. just like, well, God's done with you, right? Like, cause that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not even what the church teaches. Um, so I think this passage is always like sat with me in a, in a way of like saying like, okay, what does Jesus, a, a good and faithful Jew himself, have to say about this? Um, and I think the mm-hmm. other reason, too, is because I tend to be a very um, letter of the law type person in my own <laughs> life. Uh, and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, like, if you see me on Ash Wednesday fasting, uh, I'm going to be like, okay adding up the weight of the meals that I've eaten, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm like, okay, at midnight, exactly at midnight, I'm going to eat something else. Like I'm very like, you know, I tend to get caught up in the details uh, as opposed to as Christ often teaches, you know, reminding myself that the law has a purpose and the law has a reason and like getting, getting focused on that. And also then in that same way, because I'm so like legalistic sometimes, I often then like think because I followed the letter of the law, I've followed the law, right? Whether Mm -hmm. we're talking Old Testament, New Testament or whatever. It's like, I, I give myself the exception. It's like, well, I work for the church and I do X and I do Y, so I don't really have to follow this, right? Or like mm-hmm. um, I can I can sort of get away with not doing these things, which is funny because I think as, as Catholics, like we, we sometimes get so caught up in the guilt and the, the letter of the law that like we forget that like it's really okay to be human, right? But um, mm-hmm. but I'm sort of on the other other side of like, hey, you know, you have a you have a responsibility um, as a mom, as a ministry leader, as a 
person who's sort of like a public Catholic to actually like live up to what you say other people should do and not just like give yourself a pass all the time. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of one of the other reasons I picked this is like Mm -hmm. Jesus is like, hey, guess what? You think you're special. You're really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this this passage is kind of intense. I'm I'm like you. I can relate to what you were saying about following rules. Like I'm a teacher. Right. I love rules and like and Mm -hmm. and following them. Mm -hmm. But I like how you said, but we need to. It's a, you know, we can't just get caught up in the ritual and the law itself. Like there's a why behind that makes it special and beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I'm like you, I think I get caught up. Well, I did it. Like I checked the box, like it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And we maybe miss the meaning behind it. And my students always want to know the meaning behind things, you know, like, well, you tell me I can't do this. I can't do that. Like why? And I think as a society too, you know, part of the purpose of this podcast is kind of relate these verses to our modern lives. And um, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I've been interested to hear what you say. Like, you know, do you see our society? I don't know. Where do you think we're at with laws? I feel like the general is like, we don't love being told what to do as a society right now. Do you know what I mean? We don't even want to wear masks. So (laughs) I think we've seen that America is very interested in our individual freedoms lately. And I Mm -hmm. like not uh, putting aside masking, like I think that these past two years of pandemic life and seeing like what people are willing to do as far as like letter of the law versus um, spirit mm-hmm. have been instructive mm-hmm. to me in that like it's it's been a case for me to reflect on like how have I absorbed that individualism and that like convenience and the focus on my own needs um, mm-hmm. in a way that's not healthy. Like sometimes we do need to be focused on our own needs like self-care is important. We need to be able mm-hmm. to like have freedom to do the things that we need to do, right? Like nobody should be forced to marry somebody or whatever, right? Like there mm-hmm. are individual mm-hmm. things that are important. But I've really noticed how I have sort of like absorbed that in negative ways where I like thought I was fine because I was like, well, I'm Catholic and like we're all about the community. But in reality, it was like, oh, mm-hmm what I said on the outside is not actually what I did when the time came down to it. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, I was actually selfish or I did actually sort of go like, Hey, you know, like, yeah, that's what the common good would be. But like, yeah, I'm just going to do this because that's what I want to do. So that that's been a real reflection point for me. I also think I would say like, as far as, like what's written on a page law or like constitution, you know, sort of like local ordinances, that kind of thing. Like we as a country are sort of like, what can we get away with not following? Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think we do police each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) in so many ways, right? Like we hear about cancel culture, which I hate talking about that because like it's kind of blown out of Mm -hmm. proportion. Like there are some things that you aren't – allowed to say (laughs) like it's not we're not canceling you if you're saying something racist that's not canceling that's that's saying like this is an appropriate Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. to talk in polite society and you've transgressed that right um Mm -hmm. but there are other ways that we police each other um whether it be on you know sort of like your typical talking points liberal or conservative or just things that even 10 years ago maybe would have been like uh, not things that we really worried about. Uh, And I think some of that's driven by 
um, our interconnectedness, like our, our connection to each other's social media. Like right now, we've literally never met in person, Julia. We're like I know. recording over <laughs> the internet. Like how amazing is that? Like there's so yeah. much that's wonderful about that. But also like people see snippets of our lives. So I think our interconnectedness is wonderful, but also like we see snippets of people's lives. We see like either their highlight reel, you know, on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, or we see like one sentence that we don't have context for or some kind of action that somebody's taken and somebody recorded it. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, that like you took that completely out of context and therefore now this person is sort of dealing with consequences with something they never intended, you know? And again, like there's, there's benefits to that, you know, as a, as a person of color, I am so grateful for like people having phones and cameras because it allows mm-hmm. us to be able to hold a lens of accountability up to people who, if that check wasn't there, would be, you know, racist or sexist or whatever, like put in an ideology, but also, right, we're, we, we can't police other people just like Christ says here, you know. Not one letter of the law can pass away. The whole thing matters. We have to look at the whole thing in order mm-hmm. to see what's right, what's wrong, what's, you know, of God and not. Um, and that's mm-hmm. true of our daily lives as well. I think you said so many good things there. Like we're talking about the communal aspect of laws. When I'm talking to my students about why do we have rules? Because they want to know why. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And our society, as you mentioned, is very much like this too. Yeah. Um you know, a lot of our rules are in place and our laws are in place are to protect the community. And if you look at the Old Testament, um, you know, Leviticus and all of the rules, like some of them are, you know, we I, I actually talked recently um, about Deuteronomy, a passage from Deuteronomy with a friend about a law that that does apply to today and does make sense. But there are some certainly that are a little more outdated or maybe don't make sense in our culture today. But I think that mm-hmm. Moses and the Mosaic Law were put into place because they were leaving one country, coming into a new place. They had to establish, like, how are we going to survive and live and as a community, you know, in this new place. And so, so many of our rules and our laws are meant to be part of community. But like what you were speaking about earlier is that sometimes we, we miss that. We miss that it's supposed to, these laws and these rituals and everything are in place to help the whole. We just get focused kind of inward on ourselves. Um, I actually wrote an article recently for a Catholic publication, like a blog. Um, universality has been very much just on my mind. You know, we have, as you mentioned earlier, like the Catholic Church is supposed to be this universal communal thing. But I think I don't I personally don't feel that and see that when I go to church necessarily um, all yeah. the time. Like I feel very personal and like kind of legalistic in my own prayer and, and self. And um, anyways, I just I really attached to like what you're saying, like that laws are there for the community. And, and I think that that's what they were meant scripturally and of that time and Jesus's time. Um, but I don't think we always see the the communal peace. I guess is where I'm going with all of that. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. Sense. And I think that also speaks a little bit to the interfaith piece of it too, right? Is that mm-hmm. like these are laws, customs, laws, all of these things that are recorded because they are part of a religious cultural experience that we aren't necessarily connected to in the same mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we – in the historical cultural context, we we don't know what it was like in the first century, apart from what we know from archaeology and you know contemporary literature of that period and whatnot. 
But also, you know, as Christians, we have developed our own history and interpretation of these scriptures um, that has been, for the most part, um, you know, sort of split off from Judaism. And they are understood and lived in a different way um, in Judaism that we don't even think or know about that could bring such richness. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. um, I just read a great book, if you're interested in reading it. It's called A Misunderstood Jew. It's by Amy Jill Levine. She is a Jewish first century uh, scholar. So she's Jewish and she's a scholar of first century Judaism and the New Testament. So she just brings this wonderful, beautiful perspective to um, the study of the New Testament. But she she writes about like in that book about how so much of how we talk about scripture as Christians, um, even as Catholics with all of the work we've done to try to like take away our anti-Jewish understanding of scripture and to like acknowledge the chosenness of Israel um, and that that chosenness is still ongoing and that God does not forsake his covenants. You know, even with all of that, Mm -hmm. we still have moments where we do that. You know, I take, for example, I used to say this all the time when I would want to say that I was being legalistic, I would be like, Oh, well I'm being like, or like I'm really being a Pharisee today. Well, for Mm -hmm. a Jewish person to hear that, like that's extremely insulting because Mm -hmm. Pharisees are, uh, you know, sort of the prefigurement of the current rabbinic tradition. And like for me to say that is like being like, oh, you know, throwing out all Mm -hmm. of that beautiful history. And Jesus himself was probably considered a Pharisee, too. So like, you know, like I'm sort of like, oh, Jesus and all the people who are like him trying to live this life. (laughs) Like, right. Like that's Mm -hmm. it's so silly. Um, But we don't think about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And we sort of absorb these ways of interpreting scripture that are unintentionally anti-Jewish or openly anti-Jewish, hopefully not, um, mm-hmm. that we don't think about. And that if we, if we paired them away, they would, we would have such a fuller understanding not only of the um, Hebrew scriptures, but also of our, our own Christian tradition, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need to take the Judaism out in order to mm-hmm. um, to understand that. And that's, what, that's sort of what this passage is really about, is like the law is there in all of its fullness and goodness, the Torah. And, um, you know, we need to understand it in all of its fullness and goodness as much as we can. And that's not to say we're all going to interpret scripture the same way. We're certainly not going mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, a Jew and a Christian are not going to read the um sacrifice of Isaac in the same way at all you know right, right. Um, and th- and that's okay like and we can respect that and respect each other's tradition without um you know sort of saying like well obviously they missed the point you know because mm, mm-hmm. they didn't right um <laughs> you know uh, no i think that's all so that's so well said. And um, I teach scripture and I teach it at a middle school level, but I've taught high school as well before. Mm-hmm. And I love, I, I focus a lot on the Old Testament and I always wish that I knew more that I had. I mean, you know, my students always want to know, well, what does this mean in, in Hebrew? And I'm like, oh, I wish I knew mm-hmm. more that I could pass and hand on to them because I do think there's such a richness. Um, and, and something that the Catholic Church, like we teach is that the Old Testament and the New Testament are meant to be like together and, and that they, yeah, they absolutely. you know, fulfill and go and go hand in hand with one, one another. I was going to use all the examples of like the types of Christ that we see in the old Testament. 
and how they're they're rich on their own as as in mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, but then also as Christians, if you see that, like how much even more beautiful those stories are enriched to us as Christians mm-hmm. as well. Well, not more mm-hmm. beautiful, but just like beautiful in in our own way, in our own um, in our tradition, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, in our tradition, <laughs> right? Absolutely, I did. Yeah, I didn't want to misspeak there, but. What else would you like to say about this passage? What else do you think we can pull out from from this oh passage? Oh my goodness, Shannon? it's just so so great. Um, the other yeah, the other thing I always think about, and uh, like this is going to be obviously a very like Christian understanding of this. So I like I, I doubt there are very mm-hmm. many Jews out there listening, but if you are, you know, like yeah, not, not trying to be <laughs> insulting in that way, uh, right? I think for for me as a as a Catholic, as a person who is a disciple of Jesus and loves. Um, him as trying to seek a relationship with him. You know, uh, this often this uh, gospel is paired with where Paul talks about like the law, um, you know, the law, it's Romans where he talks about like the law re- leading to uh, knowledge of sin, but not like um, mm. freedom from sin, um, mm-hmm. which like we, we won't get into to that, but like that it's often paired <laughs> together in the lectionary with this reading. And I think that's another way, right? We, we encounter scripture in so many ways in our own personal lives and it's in its scriptural context and its historical context, but also in a liturgical context. And so in the liturgy, when we hear this with that reading from Paul or, or other things, it gives us another insight. And I think the beauty of that insight is that, you know, why do we place the gospel at the center of mass? <laughs> it's because what Christ says is the most important. And so when Christ is speaking to us through this, through this scripture in that context, it's saying, yeah, Paul said like, what did the law get us? But sin, again, we won't unpack that, (laughs) but (laughs) that's like a a 30 minute discussion in itself. But, but the answer is found in this gospel, right? That, that it is Christ who fulfills the law Mm. that yes, not one letter of the law will pass away. Not, um, you know, can we as humans live the law, the Torah perfectly? No. And and certainly Jews would agree with that. Like it's not, we're never going to be perfect because we're human. Um, but for Christians interpreting that understanding, we would say, but right. All of the, all of the dead space in between for us, right. From our understanding of like original sin and, and sort of like not being able to live up to it. We don't need to live up to it because Christ in himself, in his incarnation, in his death and resurrection, has reconciled mercy and justice together, right? That the law is fulfilled in him and all of the things that we say are barriers for us as Christians are broken down by Christ himself, by his sacrifice on the cross and the grace that's poured out to us in the sacraments. In the sacraments, we sort of find the the cheat code, right? <laughs> or if you're a gamer, right? We find that all of the things that um, might be making us into the one who breaks the commandments, into the one who becomes the least of these, are actually wiped away, are are taken upon Christ's shoulders and mm-hmm. sacrificed and given to the Father, and mm-hmm. they're you know we're we're washed clean. Why why do we have reconciliation? So that um, you know when it says when your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, and they were super righteous. Jesus is not insulting them. He's not saying like mm. 
they're not righteous or like, like, you know, we, we kind of read this in context as like, oh, see, they're the, they're the hypocrites. That's Mm -hmm. not what he's saying. He's saying they're considered like the most holy because they are trying. They're really Mm -hmm. good at being holy. Mm -hmm. And so our righteousness can surpass theirs only because we are tethered to Christ, right? We are the vine that's been grafted to Israel and because (laughs) Christ himself, yeah, like Christ himself makes us righteous and like that is a gift, right? So especially for me who's like tick all the boxes, right? I get yeah. it wrong all the time. <laughs> and thank goodness for God's grace. Yeah, you so beautifully <laughs> like wrapped all of that up. Like I was reading when you talked earlier about like the Pharisees and kind of their role. And I, as as Christians, often we pair them as kind of like the enemy just because of the way that, mm-hmm. you know, we're given these readings at, at mass sometimes without context, you know. And so we just see Jesus kind of come going to battle or going up against this particular group of, of priests. And so we, we kind of get this negative connotation sometimes. So I like how you said, cause the way I read verse 20 as well, I was like, I think he's saying here that we need to be even holier. We need to be mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. more on our game than like people who are super knowledgeable, you know, and that this is their, their life. Um, that we also need to make it like our lives is kind of how I read it. So I liked how you, yeah, you kind of interpret absolutely. it that way too. And I like how you, you know, kind of, I think what we were both saying earlier, um, verse 17 like jesus is saying like i'm not here to to abolish the law i'm here to fulfill it i'm here to build upon it um to explain it and to live it and and to embody it and then um the last thing i just wanted to say that what kind of what you respond to what you said is the freedom i think often we think of laws and rules as restricting but that there sometimes is more freedom and i feel like we certainly have well Again, we didn't follow it perfectly as a society, but the goal was like if we would have like maybe done <laughs> followed the rules, sometimes, you know, if we would have followed the rules, there would have been maybe more freedom. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't absolutely. know. Like, I think that sometimes that rules are meant to then for the good of the whole so that we all can can live more freely and more happily, but yeah. and more health and just be more healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why do we have speed limits? It's not because, like, exactly. people can't drive more safely at higher speeds, but because, like, there's right. a lot of people driving. <laughs> so Right. You said so many amazing and good things. Like, you really broke this down, and you're so knowledgeable. And I'm, I'm really glad that you picked oh, this passage because I just think, you know, it. I first looked at this, and I was like, oh, laws. Laws are hard. Like, how are we going to talk about this? But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this was gave us so much to think about, and we could certainly talk more. But um, any just last takeaways as we kind of wrap up or last kind of thoughts you want to leave us with? I mean, like – Gosh, Jesus is so good. Like, there's so much. Mm-hmm. You could just sit with one sentence for days and mm-hmm. it would be new every time. And like, man, mm-hmm. what what a gift that, that he came mm-hmm. to share his life and his love and wisdom with us. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't do it mm-hmm. otherwise, you know? No. <laughs> like, I couldn't no. do any of this otherwise. <laughs> I mean, I'm grateful for the roadmap and the guidelines for sure. You know, it's it's tough out there, especially right now. So when I don't know what to do or where to go, I'm very grateful that we have someone who also has suffered and, you know, that their whole being mm. was, you know, through their purpose, their goal. And, and um, anyways, that's a whole nother thing for another time. But, <laughs> um, but thank you, Shannon, so much. I know I just I, you yeah. gave me so much to think about. I'm definitely going to take and sit with this some more at the end of the episodes i like to give people a chance to plug any projects or websites or social media so what would you like us to know maybe what books we can buy so (laughs) many yes definitely buy our book so 
um, in on February 1st, which is a couple of days from when we are recording and probably a couple past when this will come out, um, mm-hmm. you will be able to get our book, Fat Luther Slim Pickens, uh, it, from Ave Maria Press. You will be able to get it as an ebook on February 1st for Black History Month. So if you want to check that out, um, it is a journey through our understanding of our culture as Black Catholics um, and through the lens of the liturgical year. So you can get that February 1st as an ebook, or if you want a hard copy like me because I am an, I just love a book in my hand, those are available for pre-order right now and will be shipped out to you for release on March 25th. So you can go to AveMariaPress.com. That's AveMariaPress.com. Um, and you can just search Fat Luther. It'll pop right up. <laughs> and you can get Can't imagine there's too many other books that. by it. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no more Fat Luther books on Ave. Uh, so you mm-hmm. can get that. If you would like to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you can do that at Team Quarter Black, like quarterback with an L. Um, on Twitter, it's spelled Team Quarter B-L-K. So you can follow me and uh, – get my weird thoughts. Sometimes it's Catholic. Sometimes it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, you can also listen to our podcast, Plaid, Plaid Skirts and Basic Black, on Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. And you all can follow me on seven at on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out, and also on Twitter at Miss Struckley One, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y One. Um, but Shannon, again, you you said so many amazing things and really broke the scripture passage open for us. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it was a great time. Thanks so much for having me. Bye, everyone. Bye.